You're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Love is two questions from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 12. All right, good morning, church. Welcome to New Life Fellowship for Human City. If you are new here, we'd like to welcome you later after the message. But right now, we want to take our time straight to the Word of God, and we, uh, uh, we are coming to the end of the year, now November, and uh, you know, just about over a month before this year uh, will be ended. And uh, we still alternate between the book of Proverbs and, uh, and Acts, and uh, this morning, uh, we will look at the f- uh, first portion of Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9. If you have the Bible, uh, please turn to the book of Acts, chapter 9. The book of Acts, chapter 9. And um, any, ver- any version will be okay. I'm reading out of uh, ESV version. But Saul, still breathing threat and murder against the disciple of the Lord. Saul went to the high priest. And asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way. Uh, if you notice, you read in Book of Acts, um, there's a phrase, there's a the word called the way, meaning they mention the name of Jesus. And and this is this is the disciple early days, they follow the way. And as we can connect with John, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so they, they, they try, Saul here tried to kill, murder all the people who follow the way, who follow Jesus Christ. Murder all Christ follower. Murder all disciple of Jesus Christ. And uh, men and women, so both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Can be arrested and depends on the situation, you know, might kill them as well. And so, so uh, the, uh, the Saul at this moment has the, he already asked for the sanction, the authority from the high priest to get the letters to really bring charges and to persecute the Christian community here. And uh, he wants to bring people to Jerusalem to execute them, to put them in prison. But he wanted to go to Damascus. Maybe he heard there there's some a lot of a Christian there. He want he wanted to go there and get them. And now, as he went on his way, he approached almost near Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. Uh, this is daytime, so something must be you know brighter than sunlight. Uh, if you picture yourself in you know, kind of desert, not a lot of shade, right? So not like you're walking in the, in the jungle. It's going to be, you know, bright daylight in the desert. You can feel maybe the temperature like here in Vietnam, even more intense. Uh, and then something is brighter than even sunlight, kind of surrounded him. And so something is, is unusual. It's not like, you know, a glare of a, a sun. It's just like something that's special that is brighter than the sun. And now, falling to the ground, he, Saul, heard a voice saying to him, 
Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He heard a voice. It's not hallucination. It's not imagination. It's a voice. And verse 5, and Saul said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, mean the voice from heaven. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. So he heard the voice, a direct conversation that the voice addressed himself as Jesus. Remember, the gospel, Matthew, Mark, John, sorry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the far gospel, uh, at this stage, they already witnessed the crucifixion and the death of Jesus Christ. They witnessed the resurrection that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. They somewhat heard about Jesus spend the time with the disciples after the resurrection. And he traveled, you know, among in the region with a different part of the region. Uh, they heard about his news of resurrection. And they uh, also, in the upper room, in the book of Acts chapter 1, they already saw and witnessed somewhat the endowment of the Holy Spirit, that they can speak in all kinds of languages, including tongues. And so, and they're being persecuted from chapter 1 until chapter 8, that you see all the persecution happened, took place. And last week, we see that in the beginning, a lot of um, involvement of the angelic involvement. The, you know, the angel, God messenger, begin to involve in the mission. And because this is the the birth of the church at the same time is the explosion, expansion of the church. So the church, the church, the New Testament church happened only in the book of Acts. Right? I try to remind you here, it's not in the gospel. Right? In the gospel, they have synagogue. Right here you read Saul that wanted the letters to go to synagogue. Who those who still in you know Jewish community, but believe in the way meaning believe in Jesus. So at this stage, it's still a small kind of a Jewish sect, meaning that those who are still in their Jewishness but believe in Jesus Christ, the way. So Saul is, is, is you know, he was unhappy about quite a number of his brother and sister Jewish community turned to Christ. So he was not happy. He wanted to persecute them. So he got the official letter and tried to hunt them down. Try to bring churches. So hopefully that bring fears to the community so they stop following Jesus Christ. And kind of stop here and relate to yourself in our modern context. You know, what we are facing and, and hearing on the news, nothing compared to the first century. Even though to a certain part of the Middle East, there will degree almost similar, right? Years ago, got Christian got beheaded and then put in prison or other part of uh, in even Southeast Asia. And, and persecution happened because God allowed to happen. God allowed to happen so that people, that their faith, they say, I believe in Jesus. Their faith needs to be tested. Their faith needs to be tested. Really, you believe in the way, here, yeah, the way, the truth, and the life. And therefore, the, with the you know, zealousness of Saul, and he was thinking he'd do the right thing. He wanted to restore uh, the, the Judaism by stopping the Jewish community to follow Jesus Christ. And in his, uh, I think in his 
mind, he thinks that if I can do this, I serve the Lord well. I mean, I serve the God Yahweh, God of my ancestor. And remember, he's the Pharisee of the Pharisee, which means he knows the Old Testament, you know, by, he can remem remember by, you know, by heart. He can remember the first five books of, you know, uh, of the, the Old Testament called Torah because he's a Pharisee. He has to must memorize that. And he knows all the Old Testament. He knows all the scripture. So at this moment, you have to picture Saul is in the elite class. And he was well respected in his community. And this is why the high priest gave him the letter easily. He said, I want to, you know, to persecute this group. He said, okay, here's the letter. You go. And then, on the way, almost approaching Damascus, that Jesus encountered him. He encountered Jesus in met, and they have a conversation here. And then Jesus said that, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city. So, Jesus instructed him that he must enter the city. But before entering the city, Jesus met him on the way. And you will be told what uh, to do. Verse 7, the men who were traveling with him stood speechless. Uh, his, his friend, a soul, accompanied him because he's quite, you know, important. He's a VVIP. He travels on the road. He needs some maybe bodyguards. And, and you know, because uh, on the road, you have to picture the road. Like, you know, it's not like our road. Maybe dirt road and, you know, a lot of bandits and all of things. So they have a accompany him. And, and, um, and the man who were traveling with him, uh, him stood speechless, hearing the void, but seeing no one. So the voice loud enough that even those who travel with Paul heard it, but seeing no one. So rose from the ground. He, he, he fell on the ground. Although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So he heard the voice. Here's the voice of Jesus. But the other guy heard hearing the voice saying, they also see no, no one. But so they led him, uh, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. Verse 9, for three days he was without sight. I mean, he got struck blind. He cannot see. So that's why the man have to, you know, have to take his hand to Damascus, like, you know, have to guide him. Uh, and neither ate nor drank. So for three days, almost like he, he didn't eat or drink. He cannot see. Verse 10. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. Um, throughout the Old Testament and including here in the New Testament, the phrase here I am is a phrase of, um, of readiness, willingness, uh, availability. Um, a, a posture of, of service, of servanthood. I, 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 Elijah, we, we uh, uh, sorry, Eli, we heard that. Uh, Samuel, we heard that. Here I am, here I am. I, Isaiah, we heard that. The phrase is used in the, in, the, in the way that it is always ready to serve the Lord. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to Ananias, rise. So the same phrase that the Lord spoke to Saul and Ananias, Rise, go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man. Not naming anyone, but say, you will go see a man. 
and then uh, mention a Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hand on him so that he might regain his sight. So um, we start with verse 12, but we see that this God instructed Ananias to come to meet Saul. And God instructed Saul to come to meet Ananias. Ananias has going to pray, and so sight, eyes going to open and regain his sight. Now, I want to keep it simple for us this morning by asking the question that occur in the text. Just two questions, okay? Number one, why are you persecuting me? This is the question that Jesus was asking Saul. He was a believer of the Old Testament. He believed in the Lord Yahweh. He believed in the God of Israel. He knows Scripture, Genesis to Revelation. He heard about the gospel. He seen the crucifixion. He seen the resurrection. He might heard about it. He ordered the killing of Stephen early on in the chapter. Now he asked for the letters to really bring them all to jail, sent them to prison, and try to kill them all. And the Lord met him and asked him, Why are you persecuting me? So the Lord, in a way, is that almost face to face, have a conversation with Saul. Saul was not one of the 12 disciples. The 12 disciples followed Jesus, heard Jesus saying in person, talked to him, ate with him, saw the betrayer of one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, follow him, Peter denied him three times, saw all of that, recorded to the gospel. Now, the, the Saul here is in the one that opposed Jesus in the gospel, but his name was not there at the time. Now, he's revealed for us that he's the one that also saw that and he was not happy. He tried to kill Jesus. And Jesus appeared to him and asked a very important question, why are you persecuting me? And at this moment that Saul may perplex and didn't know what kind of a question is that. So he asked back, who are you, Lord? Because he didn't know Jesus. He heard about him, but didn't know him personally. So he has no relationship with Jesus compared to the disciple. And he, in his zeal, he tried to kill the disciple of Jesus. And this proven to Saul that the Jesus that he persecuting or the God or the disciple of Jesus is a living God. Because I thought you're dead already. I heard about resurrection, but now you're speaking to me. And so he asked, who are you, Lord? And the Lord answered. The Lord answered that, that what, what did the Lord say? I am Jesus. The term I am here 
does very, you know, resonate with Paul because he understands the word Yahweh, I am who I am, I am. The, the term I am in here is the Lord, it is, is, is somebody that, that he is worshiping, but he did not know. He did not know Jesus. He know God, the Lord Yahweh, but he did not know Jesus. And so he said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. But wait, I'm not, you, you might ask, I'm not persecuting you. I mean, you're you from heaven and how can I persecute you? But the Lord told him that you, yes, you are persecuting me because if you're persecuting my disciple, you are persecuting me. You are bringing charges about my people, then you are persecuting me. So if he want to backtrack into the Old Testament now, if you are uh, oppress the people of Israel, Israelite, you are against the Lord Yahweh. If you are now opposing and persecuting that those who follow the way, you are persecuting me, Jesus. Now you still with me. For all of us, we may not view ourselves like soul. But in many ways, if in our zealousness, in our religiosity, did not know Jesus personally, some way the way we live, and how we function our life, Persecuting Jesus. Our anger can bring persecution to our family members and friends. The way we live unholy, persecuting Jesus, blaspheme his name. We know we didn't say it. Having a religion will not help us or save us. Having relationship with Jesus Christ will save us and those around us who might hear the gospel. Religion is dead. Religion is murderous. Religion kills. Relationship with Jesus Christ saves. Relationship with Jesus Christ restores the relationship. Why are you persecuting me? It's a very personal question the Lord spoke us, Saul. Some of us grew up in a Christian home. Praise the Lord. But that does not mean you can know the Lord personally. It has to be a personal journey. Nobody, nobody born a Christian. You can born, you may be born in a Christian home, but nobody at birth Christian. A religion will tell you so. Yeah, if you're in a Christian home, you are born in a Christian home, you automatically become Christian. You will have a Christian name. That's it. 
And we all have a journey. We all witness that. People can be born in a very godly home and a Christian home and a Christian community. But if they do not establish a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you and I will, like soul, persecuting Christ. Of course, we cannot put a knife and kill Christ right now. But in the way that we live, in the way that we act, in the way that how we conduct our life, we are persecuting Christ if we do not know him personally. Let me give you some kind of uh, example. Look at, you know, you search your heart and look in some of the people that you met in your life, your relatives, friends, and some, somebody did something to you that you got hurt, offended, or you, you still got hatred, or you still hold a degree of grudges or unforgiveness. Think about those people. You might give a list of reasons why they do this and this. And sometimes you ask, why people did such a thing? And the answer is simple. Because they did not know Jesus. Why people lie to me? Because they did not know Jesus. Why people hurt me? Because they did not know Jesus. Why people make my life difficult? Because they did not know Jesus. Why my life in such a mess? Where is God? I thought, uh, you know, I, I, I come to church every Sunday. Why my life's in a mess? Because perhaps you did not know Jesus. Why I moved from one relationship to another relationship and then I'm still in a mess? Lightly. Maybe you did not know Jesus. Why I moved from one country to another country and hope that I can find God and peace, but difficult in this city, visa, run, find a job, culture, weather, and why the people around me did not understand me. They, 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 they different. I, 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 I didn't get it. Why this authority? Why this government? Why this? Uh, because either they did not know Jesus or you did not know Jesus. Knowing Jesus is not about information. Knowing Jesus is not so much with intellectual knowledge and that needed to need to know the word of the Lord, but more relational aspect. The Old Testament, the word yada, meaning relationship. You can't really know someone if you do not have relationship. It's only in the uh, modern civilization, Greek civilization beginning that when you say, I know something, you talk about the intellectual knowing, knowledge. I have information and knowledge about that subject. But not in the biblical concept. Knowing Jesus means require your whole life being to be with the person, to have a conversation with the person, to spend time with the person to cry out to the person and listen to the prompting of that person. It's relationship. 
It is here a voice from heaven. In our foundation class, we talk about the five Christian essential. For those who just finished, what are, what, are, what are they? What are the five? What are the five? What? Yeah, what, what is the ear here? Hearing God's voice. Without hearing God's voice, there will be no relationship. We have, we can have a religion, a nice one, but we'll never be able to have an intimate relationship without hearing God's voice. Here, the apostle, uh, the soul right here, not apostle yet, here's soul heard a direct voice. As we learned from the foundation class, we probably, some of you, maybe experience an audible voice, but most of the time, we hear God's voice through the scripture, the Bible, the Holy Bible. And that's why reading his letter and his word is so crucial. You might ask, Pastor, do you hear God's word every day? Almost every day. I mean, with reading the word of God. When I got about, you know, to upset, and then, uh, you know, they hear God's voice. Is that the righteousness of Christ with you? Is that the way Christ acts? Because I didn't hear his voice at that moment. Maybe it was, you know, my emotion, my anger, you know, take control instead of the word of God. When someone or when we're about to tell a white line, it's like not telling the truth. If you hear about it, you say, oh, wait, why don't you just have to do that? You just tell the truth. The truth hurts, but it, you can tell it. Then you have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know about you, but if you think Christianity is here to make your life happy, you have arrived at the wrong religion. Following Christ is not about make your life happy. Following Christ is about to make your life holy. God is the God of holiness. Never once in the Bible say, my God is a God of happiness. That's the idolatry the world tried to sell to us. And a lot of us buying. Happiness, happiness, pursuit of happiness. Not to say that following Christ is all sadness and without joy. No. But because our natural tendency is to look for happiness in the first place. Not holiness in the first place. I mean, I don't know, but he must take a little bit of joy. Saul took a lot of joy and zeal in order to persecute Christian. I mean, he, he did it passionately. He dragged people out from their homes and bring charges. He stood there and saw Stephen stole to death without saying a word, so he approved it. You have to picture this kind of person. So think about a person that you hated the most in your life in the past. <laughs> Is anyone like so? In um, Christian counseling, 
sometimes we have to ask the same question, the same type of question. Why do you feel that your life being treated unfairly? Name a person that hurt you. What was your childhood trauma look like? How is your relationship with your parents? How is your relationship with your siblings? How are you doing with your marriage for those who marry? How is your singleness? Are you struggling? Are you desperate? Are you feel emptiness? I feel emptiness in your soul. Are you, are you feel that life has no meaning and purpose, and you just punching the clock and put food on the table, go from one week to another week without the direction and the purpose in life? And if you're being honest with those questions self-examination, you will come to the point that you will ask the same question that Saul asked, who are you, Lord? Do I know him, really? Or I just heard about his name? If you go to the office or your workplace and you tell about Jesus, and the people will ask you, who is Jesus? Will you be able to tell? I'm sure you can recite the informational level. Yeah, Jesus is the Son of God. He's died, you know, on the cross, and He loved you. He died for you, and, you know, and He loves you, and He's the Son of God, and therefore, you know, born of a, a virgin, Mary. But you can recite all of that. But if the people ask you, do you have relationship with Him? Do you spend coffee time with Him? Are you reading of his love letters? Are you talking to him in the form of prayer? You might probably look a different direction and say, I didn't have those. I have a religion called Christianity. And sometimes we live in a world that people will say that, you know, the church is full of hypocrites. That's partly true. Because they didn't see Christian live the way the Bible describes and prescribes. The Apostle Paul, later on, but now right, Saul, for his gangs, and he's doing a great job, you know, bringing out charges of all the people who follow the way. Here's a piece of counsel to all of us. When somebody hurt you or offended you or make your life trouble. As the Jesus told us, pray for them. Pray for them. Because they might be one of the soul. <laughs> pray that they, that person will meet Jesus. We need to know that people need to meet Jesus personally. Otherwise, nothing is going to change. Religion won't change soul. Judaism won't change soul. Surprisingly today, that with the popularity of spreading out of Judaism, even some Christians who have no ground or the Word of God, 
I want to go back to Judaism. Strangely enough. They want to do finance Jewish way. They want to run company as a Jewish. They want to become Jewish. They want to be physically circumcised. They want to become like Jews. They want to become Israelite. Nothing wrong against them. But Saul, the Pharisee of the Pharisee, the Jewish of the Jewish, didn't know Jesus. And it did a very thing in his religious zeal to bring those who follow the way. And the way met him and asked him a very personal question. Why are you persecuting me? Not your religion, but you, so. Who are you, Lord? It's a second question I want to have a let us lingering here. A second question is that, Thomas, thank you. Um, who are you, Lord? Knowing Jesus embarked on his mission. Who are you, Lord? Really, uh, try this. Go home this afternoon. Right? Your notebook, notepad, whatever. Answer this question. Who is Jesus to you? Not on the one that Google tell you. Because the tendency, like, who are you, Lord? You, some of you like, uh, uh, I don't know, I Google it. Which means that you don't really know. Now, if you are sicker here, if you're first time here, I'd like you to know Jesus. I will explain it if you meet me personally or meet the team. Okay? You don't need to Google it. Yeah? Imagine like, you know, 20 years ago, no Google. Okay? So how do you know the Lord? If somebody asks, who is Jesus? You probably say, uh, uh, I heard Jesus, maybe, you know, son of Joseph, uh, Mary. And you will find yourself, if you don't know, really know, you will find yourself don't know what to write, and you will, like, like, yeah, Son of God, yeah, that's it. Test yourself. Because what you're going to write in the notepad today, this afternoon, is that what you're going to share and live it out. Because you, unless you don't believe what you wrote there, you hardly can live it out. So really, go home and try that. One sentences, two sentences, one paragraph. Set aside all the gadgets. Ask yourself, if somebody asks you, who is Jesus? In your own words, tell them. Who is Jesus to you? Not according to this scholar, not according to this article, not according to this book. And people have the tendency to show what they know with their head knowledge but they dare not to show how they live. A teacher can stand here and teach, a math, a math teacher can teach what they, he knows about math, but the mathematics does not quite instruct his life. That's two separate things. The, the, the education system allows the teachers, they, you know, you just do your job, you teach what you know there and how you live. Uh, it's your personal matter. We don't really care. Right? No school asks you, like, how's your, you know, tell me your personal life. But the church is different. We can't really teach 
about God's word unless we live it out. This requires a high requirement according to 1 Timothy 3. Require of those who, who, who be uh, elders or pastor or deacon with a whole higher standard. So gentlemen, my prayer that you guys ride to the point of godly standard. Because the world desperate to have male leadership godliness. The world is falling apart because male give up their leadership. In the home, at home, schools, offices, factory. I want to posit here that the reason sometimes we do not live out the gospel or journey on Christ's mission that we saw that the, the soul here, that his mission is to kill Christians. The Lord met him and changed his mission, redefined it from unbelief to faith, from persecution to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. If you and I, if we do not know Jesus Christ relationally, it's likely we're going to persecute his people. And instead of become constructive to the body of Christ, you will become a hindrance, to say the least, to say the word destructive to the body of Christ. And then if you ask the question that the apostle, that the soul asking is, who are you, Lord? You begin to encounter Jesus. You begin to embark on the mission that he called each of us to do. Do you have Jesus' mission in your life, or it's just somebody' business. If you call yourself a Christ follower, meaning you follow the way, the way means Jesus. If you call yourself, I am a Christian, which means you are the disciple of Jesus Christ. And the disciple of Jesus Christ will care about the business of the Father. God the Father sent His Son. And His Son commanded His disciples, go and therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I have told you. I will be with you. God will be with us. If you and I just do our mundane thing, we don't need God's help. The reason that God's presence with us is because God called us to do the impossible. The impossible is to bring the gospel to those who hated us, to those who never heard about it, who who those who even they have religion but did not know Jesus. Who are you, Lord? Your assignment this afternoon, my encouragement, is to simply take a cup of coffee, spend 10, 15 minutes to answer that. Who is Jesus to you? Who is He? And I want, this is the 
pivotal point today that if you really know Jesus, your life is not going to be the same anymore. But if you want religion, do not answer this question because it's going to up, you know, turn your world upside down, really. So in human advice, if you want a good status quo religion, happy, happy journey, a religion that make you happy, a religion that make you rich, a religion that make your life comfortable, then you don't need to answer this question. Honestly. Knowing Jesus will make our life different. How is it different? It will different from one person to another, but it's going to be different. Why are you persecuting me? Jesus asked us. Why are you persecuting me? Because sometimes we didn't know the Lord fully. That's why we need to hear his voice. That's why we need to read his word. That's why we need to talk to each other in fellowship. That's why we need to do Bible study. That's why we need to tell others about Jesus. Because when telling others about Jesus, our hypocrisy exposed. And probably they're going to ask, oh, bro, you just told you you didn't live that way. Yes, sorry, I repented. Can I journey with you? And that's the gospel. Not like, oh yeah, who are you to talk to, bad to me? Who are you? I try to pretend to be a good Christian. No, <laughs> we are not good Christian. We are sinner, saved by God's grace through faith. We are Christ follower. The term Christian means Christ follower. The term Christian means disciple of Jesus Christ. I mean, to my amazement, there's some people think, oh, yeah, they're different. There's some Christian, there's some disciple. No, no, the term is synonymous. Being Christian is being disciple. Being disciple is being follower of Jesus Christ. Being disciple of Jesus Christ means worshiper of the Lord Yahweh, worshiper of the triune God, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. There's no such category that, yeah, some Christian, you know, they can go to church and they wait for the ticket to heaven and there's some call to be disciple so they can be zealous and be different. No, no, no. That's not in the Bible. Some people can create that, but not in the Bible. Christian. Later on in the book of Acts, there's no word Christian in the Old Testament until later that a group of disciples now call Christian. Why? Because the word Christian called Christ follower, meaning Christ uh, the way follower, following the way, following Christ. The term form, right, in the other book of Acts, Christian means disciple. Disciple means Christian. Are you still with me? You know, in my, you know, attempt, even sometimes, you know, that throughout different churches, they say, you know, there's a group called Christian, and then if you sign up for a discipleship class, you'll be different. Uh, not really according to biblical terms. Now, understand the logistic, like, yeah, some people just go into church, leave them alone, and then some really, you know, want to be trained and discipled and put them in the class and they learn to be disciple. So what about the others? Are they floating Christian? 
follow the way, you know, casually and entertainmently or, or how? If we begin to use different terms separately, then we have the demarcation between, you know, being a secularized Christian and then sacred Christian, and then we have all the adjectives before the Christian. Christian means Christ follower. Christ follower means disciple. Disciple means follow the way. And all of that requires faithfulness, faith in Christ Jesus by God's faith. Who are you, Lord? Who is Jesus to you? Really? So that's two questions I want you to think about this morning. What are you going to write this afternoon? That will be your testimony. Some of you struggle and scratch your head. How can I share with my colleague about Jesus? Share to them your answer. Who is Jesus? Have you met them? Have you met him? Have you met him every day? Or you just met him once a year? Or you just met him on Sunday only? Are you in a daily conversation with the way, the truth and the life? Are you embarking on his mission? Or you have your own agenda? The answer will be yours. Let's just spend a couple of minutes praying real close. How are you really doing in the Lord? We'll tell a lot about who is Jesus to you. Spend a couple minutes.
I did so murder those who follow Christ because he didn't know Jesus. Why some of us or all of us sometimes we have envy. Why? Because we didn't know Jesus relationally. Sometimes we have time for gossiping and not sharing and praying for those who even persecuting us. Sometimes we have time to complain about the weather, the paperwork, the government back home, the government here. We don't really praying for the country, the people, the community. Why do we have time to even attempt to tell a lie because we didn't know Jesus intimately? Why do people slander because they didn't know Jesus? Why do people live a double life pretty beautiful Christian on Sunday and yet nasty and ugly in the office in the workplace Monday to Friday, Saturday because they didn't really know Jesus why there were some haters of God because they didn't know Jesus like Saul there were people boastful because they didn't know the cross and didn't know Jesus. Why do Christians do not boast about the cross but boast about their success, their career, their position, their corporate ladders, their lifestyle, and not about Jesus. because they didn't know Jesus. Why do people or even our own children, our family, disobedience? Because they didn't know Jesus fully. When somebody obeyed Jesus, because they know them, they know Him, know Jesus. We're not here to change each other's behavior. And Christianity is not about behavior alteration. Is about putting sin to death and have a new life in Christ. It's not about a self-help program. It's about declaring, I have been crucified with Christ and no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Why do people act foolishly? Because they didn't know Jesus. Why are some people faithless? Because they didn't know Jesus. Why are some heartless and ruthless? Like Saul himself. Because he didn't know Jesus. Why people are still in addiction? Whether drunkenness, porn addiction, workaholic, because they didn't know Jesus. 
your hand. You said you believe in Jesus on Sunday and still watch porn during the week. Persecuting all the women, the subject of the pleasure of men and in the industry that's so wicked. abandon the religion and embrace Christ Jesus. Let us know you intimately, personally, like we know the subject, like we know the very job that you have granted us. We know the job inside out. We, that's why we got employed and we do our job career beautifully. How our knowledge of Christ translate our living into Christ-likeness. Are we embarked? Are we embarking on Christ's mission? Sometimes we are slow. We do not embark on your mission because we simply do not know you. Oh, help us, Lord. Why are we here in this city? Why are we here in this career that you have granted us? this community Lord help us forgive us if we think that the life have you given us because you are the one responsible to make our life happy help us oh Lord to turn that wicked thoughts into the holy thought that you are the one that we need to worship you we will become the one we worship and Lord we want to know exactly who you are so that our identity can be shaped and rooted in the one we worship. There are many different roles we have and you have given us all of different roles being a mother, a father, a housewife, an engineer, a teacher, a business, a businessman, a, a all kinds of role in the society but we must, one thing we must ask what is our identity do we know Jesus who are you Lord who are you Jesus thank you Lord reveal yourself to us in a personal way like you did to Saul today onward let each of us encounter you hear your voice meet you face to face talk to you conversation with you spend time with you tell other about you I'm proud to be Christ follower
before we have um, a few announcements, there will be one bittersweet announcement that uh, Zosimo, one of our brother, is uh, going uh, back to uh, Malaysia, uh, KL, though this is not hometown. And uh, so this is going to be his last Sunday. And he has been with us over four years, four and a half, I guess, over four years. And um, through many uh, trial and struggle, uh, I can tell you he stayed faithful. And he's serving the Lord until um, the last Sunday. And uh, as he go back to KL, um, uh, and uh, the Lord going to prepare for him a place, uh, a job, something to work on, and also that, you know, whatever that the Lord has for him in the next uh, phase of his life, uh, we want to uh, pray for him as we send him out. He's going to fly out Monday, yeah, Monday tomorrow afternoon, yeah, morning, early morning tomorrow. And so I would like to, uh, Diego, to come up and just to join me uh, to pray for him and the rest of the church, the body of Christ. Uh, if you know him, um, you know, you can pray for him. If you don't know him, also join me uh, to pray for him. Let's just pray for him. Lord Jesus, Lord, uh, uh, dear sweet brother Zosimo, uh, the time in Ho Chi Minh City come to an end. And Lord, we are sad. Um, uh, of uh, saying goodbye, uh, but Lord, we know that uh, this is not a not a not just an overnight decision, but it has been lingering and has been waiting, and he's in waiting for you, your prompting. And Lord, finally, Lord, you spoke to him, and and it's something that even not hundred uh, percent certain, but Lord, we live in a life that's full of uncertainty. Lord, we pray that Lord, as the direction that you have given him to back to Malaysia. Uh, station in KL. Pray that Lord, you will grant him, uh, Lord, your favor, your love and mercy, grace, uh, grace from uh, grace upon grace, that he uh, that he may find, uh, Lord, a, a good, solid, Christ-centered uh, church that he continue to serve you without interruption, uh, without taking a spiritual holiday, but simply just continue to serve whatever capacity in the workplace or even in the church. May that, Lord, you continue to keep him, bless him, and, Lord, uh, continue your uh, shine upon his face so that he reflect your goodness and greatness to those who hope he, uh, that you have uh, prepared for him uh, a place, uh, prepare for him uh, a, 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 a community that he be part of and he also Lord, pray that, Lord, He's going to be uh, as He always been, Lord, uh, engaging and impacting for the community. Pray that, Lord, You will uh, sustain Him, uh, Lord, uh, in whatever that, that His hand, that you, His hand find Him uh, working and serving. May that You keep Him and bless Him and strengthen Him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Zoe. Uh, he's, uh, even though he can talk for one hour, but do not ask him, uh, you know, why are you going back? Because he got tired of it already, yeah? So do not ask him that. Um, and so that's why he wanted just a quiet, you know, pray to exit out. But um, 
not too far from KL, you can visit us or we can visit you. All right. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.